You're listening to Teach Me the Bible podcast, where we unpack the meaning of books, passages, and themes from Scripture. Join us each week as our guests walk us through the truth of God's Word and teach us the Bible. This is Teach Me the Bible podcast. Hey everyone, uh, this is Pastor Tim Webb, and this morning we're jumping back in with David Klingler and Teach Me the Bible podcast. And just a little bit of heads up, uh, I know we we went into an overview mode uh, last time, David, and I think our goal, our perceived goal today, <laughs> if we stay with it or not, we'll see, but our, our goal this morning is just kind of do an overview of the Old Testament, kind of pull that all together, and then... Uh, look at possibly jumping into an overview of the New Testament, tying all this together, and then going back and specifically just digging into the more of the details, right? So um, let's jump in there and uh, start. I think last time we were uh, talking about David. Yeah, we kind of worked up to, to David and, mm-hmm. and, and King David. Remember, we're tracking this this uh, Genesis 3.15 promise, right? Mm-hmm. We're looking for the promised one, and so the genealogy that flows all the way through Genesis. And as we talked about last week, uh, it, it ends, the genealogy really ends in, in Genesis 37 um, and uh, with Judah and, uh, uh, and uh, Perez. And then, and then uh, in the book of Ruth, mm-hmm. that's where that genealogy picks back up, and it connects you from Obed, Jesse, David. Right. And so King David comes on the scene. He's the... You know, he's the first one really to, to walk on to the end of the story from the tribe of Judah, mm-hmm. uh, since, uh, you know, you've got, uh, got Caleb, but, uh, but this is the one. And, and so, uh, as we talked about last week, you know, David slays Goliath and then he's given the Davidic covenant. This is the promise mm-hmm. that Messiah will come through David. And then you've got David and Bathsheba, right? I mean, right. almost immediately, uh, after, uh, after uh, um, the the Davidic covenant in Second Samuel seven, uh, you you're, you walk right into David and Bathsheba in Second Samuel chapter eleven, and um, uh, and so uh, as we were talking about, you know, uh, David. Everybody knows that story. It's one mm-hmm. of the two stories from right. the life of David that yeah. that everybody knows, and uh, you know, and and so we're tracking the promise. So that this is where we kind of lose. Uh, lose our, our, our focus. Um, but David is the carrier of the Davidic covenant, the carrier of the promise of Messiah. And, uh, he, uh, uh, basically steals, uh, you know, Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and so Nathan the prophet shows up and pronounces judgment on David. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, <laughs> if you're a king and a prophet shows up at your door, yeah, it's not a good. I was going to say that's not a good pattern. That's that's not a good day for you. <laughs> no. um, that uh, that up until this point, the judges have failed. Right. The priests are, have failed. There was no king in Israel. Every man did what was right in his mm-hmm. own eyes. And here's David, a man after uh, mm-hmm. God's own heart, and uh, and now David is David failing. failed. And so the prophet shows up and and uh, says, "Let me tell you a story, David. Mm-hmm. Uh, a man had a sheep, and another man stole the sheep." Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's the penalty? Yeah. And David quotes right out of Exodus 22, mm-hmm. verse 1, uh, that the penalty is fourfold. He has to repay fourfold. Well, the problem is David is the man. You're right. the man, David. Right. And you have to repay, and the penalty is death. Mm-hmm. So you've got to repay fourfold. And the story then immediately turns to, to David and Bathsheba's son, who was born, and he dies. Mm-hmm. And then the story turns to Amnon and Absalom. And both of them die. 
and the the the, the second Samuel ends uh, with uh, with that, and then First Kings, you know, kind of the story continues into First Kings, right. and Adonijah dies, and so you got the death of four sons uh, in succession, and now the focus turns to Solomon. Is Solomon the one? Well, he starts off well. Yeah, he does. He starts off really from doing well. everything that mm-hmm. David failed to do. In fact, all of David's failures are are explained in the first three chapters mm-hmm. of of Kings. And Solomon does what David failed to do. Uh, he builds the temple. David was was uh, you know that's where Second Samuel mm-hmm. seven the Davidic covenant began. David wanted to build the temple right. for the Lord. Um, but uh, but Solomon builds the temple. He enters the temple. He prays this high priestly prayer. The the glory of the Lord glory fills the, the temple. Lord. I mean, it's as good as yeah, it gets. Yeah, this is good stuff. Uh, and um, the priest can't even minister. Yeah, uh, and then um, so good. in very rapid, uh, you know, the, the the narrator tells you in very rapid succession that 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 uh, that Solomon multiplies horses, wives, and riches. Those mm-hmm. are the three violations that the king was not to do in, right. in Deuteronomy seventeen, verses fourteen through twenty, and now he's dead, and so. Uh, you start the story starts to pick up speed. Mm. You, uh, the stories of the king starts to get shorter and shorter right. until you know by the end of uh, Kings, you know, you get kings that are getting one or two verses. King mm-hmm. fill in the blank did evil in the eyes of the Lord and caused Israel to sin and Boom, he died. Gone. Next, yeah, right, right. <laughs> and and there's these evil kings who do not do what's good and right in the eyes of the Lord. Even Solomon's going to fail. He's going mm. to follow other. Uh, wives gonna uh, you know marry intermarry with uh, with uh, with mm-hmm. multitude of wives in Deuteronomy seven it's warned if you intermarry with wives they'll cause you to follow other gods he does follow other mm-hmm. gods um, and uh, you know and so this is Solomon's downfall uh, after Solomon uh, you know Solomon ends up you know we you know I don't know why Solomon gets called the wisest of the kings. Um, yeah, he didn't end very well for it, a wise it, guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. he, you know, right. he, he um, I think he re- he realizes, you know, kind of the mess that he's made. So he mm-hmm. writes Proverbs and and uh, uh, you know the, the Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, some of these uh, these books mm-hmm. um, that are um, uh, that, that Solomon is you know pronounces his failure really. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so so now the kingdom is going to be divided. That Solomon's son uh, is going to be a fool, uh, and mm-hmm. because of Solomon's sins, uh, because of uh, of uh, uh, of the the uh, the problems in Israel, the kingdom is divided. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's Israel and Judah. The separation between Israel and Judah, Israel in the north, Judah in the south, and uh, uh, and Judah. Uh, the nation uh, or the, the people, the, the tribe of Judah, that's where the, the Messiah resides. The promise of Messiah resides in Judah. Uh, and so the, the speed is going to pick up. And as the kings fail, one after another, both in the north, uh, Israel, and in the south, mm-hmm. uh, Judah, the prophets start to show up. And mm-hmm. as the prophets start to show up, you know, Elijah the prophet, this is right. where... So there's prophets guys, along the way with these kings as well. Th- there was. There so was. It's and, not like God abandoned no, the nation. No, 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 no. So, yeah, so... so That gets pretty intense at times. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 uh, these prophets are showing up uh-huh. to confront these evil kings. Uh, and uh, and now the, the you kind of come into the writing prophets, uh-huh. right? Isaiah, uh-huh. Jeremiah, Ezekiel, uh-huh. Daniel. That's where these books fit in. Right. These uh, these are kind of the covenant enforcers. Uh, they're showing up into the story. 
to pronounce judgment on Israel, the judgment that was prescribed in the law, the, the covenant. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lord says, here's the rules of the game. If you right. follow me, I will bless you in the land. But if you don't follow me, then I will judge you with war and famine and death and sickness and plague. And I'll send your enemies mm-hmm. send enemies upon you. And I'll cause you to be dispersed among the nations. I'll kick you out of the land. And this is what's starting to happen. And so so Isaiah is coming and pronouncing uh, judgment. And um, and here come the, the Assyrians. And the Assyrians come and they haul off the northern kingdom, Assyria. Mm-hmm. Uh, takes Israel and most of the southern kingdom is conquered by Assyria as well. Uh, we learn from history that Sennacherib, who's the king of of Assyria, has Ju- uh, has Jerusalem surrounded. Mm-hmm. King Hezekiah cries out to the Lord, and uh, and the Lord delivers him. But Jerusalem kind of gets a stay of execution. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by the time you're you're into chapter thirty eight, chapter thirty nine of of Isaiah, you realize that uh, that they get a stay of execution from Assyria, but Babylonians are coming. Right, and so the Babylonians, the Medes, the Persians, the Greeks, the Romans, all in succession, all of these uh, nations are going to rule over the land of Israel, uh, and Israel is going to be dispersed among the nations. And mm-hmm. so that's what these prophets are doing. You've got pre-exilic prophets, um, basically all of them except for five. Right. Right. Uh, you've got the exilic prophets, which are Ezekiel and Daniel. Exilic. Uh, these yeah, are prophets that minister during the exile. Right. Um, so uh, the exile of ba- Babylon, really. Uh, so so the Babylonians come in six. They come in three waves. In six oh five, King Nebuchadnezzar comes uh, and uh, attacks Jerusalem, overtakes uh, Jerusalem, and uh, they haul off the first captives. And this is. You know, Daniel, Shadrach, mm-hmm. Meshach, Abednego. These are the characters that we know. They were hauled off into, mm-hmm. into to Babylon. And you get the story of, of Daniel, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter 2, for example, mm-hmm. 1 and 2. Um, the next wave comes in 597, and this is Ezekiel. Ezekiel's hauled off mm-hmm. to Babylon in the second wave. And then the third wave, 586, Israel continues, the, the, the Jews, Judah, continues to rebel and Nebuchadnezzar says, "I've had enough," and he he lowers takes he just, them out. He destroys the place mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. ground. And so, um, uh, Jeremiah the prophet Jeremiah is is prophesying during the the time uh, of the uh-huh. Babylonians coming, and he pronounces in Jeremiah chapter twenty nine. We know twenty nine eleven, but twenty nine yeah. one through ten really is, is the the key yeah. the passage there where <laughs> where uh, where the Lord is is declared that seventy years. Have been declared for uh, uh, for the nation for for mm-hmm. uh, for Judah, and they're going to be in captivity in Babylon for seventy years. And so, buckle up, mm-hmm. pack your bags. Um, it's going to be a while, right? And right. so, so let's say Daniel's a you know a young kid, you know, and his his friends are are young young kids. Um, let's say they're you know six, seven, eight years old. In Daniel chapter 9, after the 70 years, Daniel prays to the Lord. He says, okay, Lord, I was reading over here in the book of Jeremiah, you know, right before my life verse, 2911. I was reading in 29, 1 through 10. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, uh, a future and a hope. Well, that future and a hope is the restoration of Israel. They're going to be brought back to the land. He says, so it's 70 years. 70 years are up. What happens now? Now, here's the problem. The judgments that were placed upon Israel... The war, famine, death, mm-hmm. dispersia, plagues, you know, all of that was to bring Israel to repentance. Mm-hmm. And they don't repent. And so back in Leviticus uh, chapter 26, 
uh, you have this re- uh, repeated several times that if I judge you and you don't repent, then I will pour out my judgment upon you sevenfold for your sins, sevenfold, sevenfold, sevenfold. And so 70 years have been proclaimed. And the problem is they haven't repented. And so in Daniel chapter 9, uh, Daniel is informed that because Israel hasn't repented, 70 uh, times seven have mm-hmm. been declared for you and for your people. That 70 weeks or 70 sevens mm-hmm. have been declared for you and for your people. Uh, and that clock is going to start when the decree to rebuild the city and rebuild the walls is given. So it's 444. Mm-hmm. In other words, Daniel's going to die in exile. Right. He's going to die in Babylon. And, uh, and so in chapter 12, he says, well, Where's my future and hope? And he says, yeah. you know, and the response is, it's the same future and hope that everybody has. Enter into your rest, Daniel, and you will rise again on the last day for your allotted portion. Yeah. You'll be resurrected, resurrected. into the kingdom. So, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, 2911, Jeremiah 2911, mm-hmm. I know the plans I have. It's the same plans that, uh, that the Lord has for every believer throughout the story. It's mm-hmm. resurrection. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's not, you know. Best life now. Well, I was going to say, we, we kind of need to set the precedent before we go into the New Testament for understanding because we have so adulterated God's word with the intent of really taking on the satanic philosophy of best life now. Yes, absolutely. And it's, it's horrible. It, it it's is. a church we've endorsed that. It, it, well, it is. And, and Israel, you know, Israel endorsed it, Job's mm-hmm. friends endorsed it. It's, it. it's not something new that, that right. we came up with. It's uh, been. There's nothing new under the sun. The get, right. Yeah. Right. And, and to say that, that uh, and it is right for us to want, um, lot, you know, health and wealth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is right for us to want a removal of the curses placed mm-hmm. on creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Genesis chapter three, and and no more sin, and no more sickness, and no more sorrow, and no more suffering, and no more death, no more mm-hmm. tears. But all those things will only be done away with when the Christ does away mm-hmm. with them. So mm-hmm. um, seek ye first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things we had. In right. other words, you're not going to get any of this until the kingdom is right. here. We're not in the kingdom yet. So what can we expect now? Well, suffering, yeah. sorrow, sickness, death, just like everyone has from the beginning, mm-hmm. and. As an added bonus as a believer, you get to be persecuted by Team Satan. That's right. right. They, That's they right. hate your guts. Satan right. hates your guts. They right. hate your guts. So buckle up. This is the, Welcome this to the is real the battle. Standard fare. Yeah. yeah. So, so let's go back a little bit to Isaiah. So, mm-hmm. Isaiah, um, when he's declaring this, this judgment that comes on Israel, he, uh, he shows up in chapter seven um, with his son, Shir Jashim, is how mm-hmm. we say that in English. Uh, Yashuv, Shar Yashuv, Shir, Shir Jashub, the remnant will return. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so after 70 years, a remnant returns, but it's just a remnant. Yeah. Uh, and so that's the post exilic, uh, post exilic prophets. And so you've got three of them. Uh, you've got Haggai. Haggai's mm-hmm. rebuild the temple, Zechariah and Malachi. And these mm-hmm. are, you know, and these, uh, these post exilic prophets, the remnant has returned. Mm-hmm. Um, you find out this is the same people, right? Same character, same problems. That nothing's changed. They're mm-hmm. still a stiff-necked, rebellious, wicked people. And so now the clock has started in 444 with the decree to rebuild the city and its walls. The, the clock has started, mm-hmm. and it's heading towards the triumphal entry. Um, uh, the coming prince uh, uh, is a book that uh, was written that that explains this this timing. It's a really good book, but. Um, but from 444 until the triumphal entry, I mean, it is to the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so 
you're looking for the, the virgin to bear a child. And there's mm-hmm. your hope. And so that takes us right up to the New Testament. So, so this Old Testament story, all of it is about Israel because uh, all of it's about Christ. In other words, mm-hmm. the Christ is coming through the nation Israel. Uh, but what happens if the nation isn't a nation? Well, uh, the Lord's going to uh, to still keep his promises, even if Israel is disobedient. So that's the story of the Old Testament. By the time uh, you get to the end of the Old Testament, it's it's a it's a tragedy. Uh, in uh, you're just uh, just watching mm-hmm. this tragedy mm-hmm. unfold, and you say, "Well, where's the hope?" I mean, it is just a a right. really downer of a story. Mm-hmm. Before we get into the New Testament, uh, just could you speak to uh, the Millennial Kingdom? Uh, the restoration of Israel and just with these prophets, because I think uh, many people might look at the uh, the prophets, especially the minor prophets, and you know what's going on there, and what it seems like they all go to that that return, that establishment of the kingdom, that time period, and just the land, the you know, just being returned to fruitfulness. Yeah. So so. Um Remember, we have to go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 mm-hmm. to 28. Uh, let us make man in our image according mm-hmm. to our likeness and let him rule over the birds, mm-hmm. the air, the fish, the sea, right. the beasts, and the field. Man fails to do that, and the Lord is going to restore that. The man mm-hmm. is going to rule. At the end of the story, man's ruling uh, on uh, this earth, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, the promise to uh, to Messiah and the promise to Israel is you will rule in the midst of your enemies. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and so in the millennial kingdom, the Christ is going to rule in the midst of his enemies. Mm-hmm. He's going to put his enemies under his feet. Uh, he's going to rule them with a rod of iron. Mm-hmm. And if, uh, if they don't, uh, obey, they'll be judged. Right. right? Uh, and so, uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, you know, Lamentations is, uh, you know, is, uh, lamenting about the, the Babylonians mm-hmm. who've come and destroying the place. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but Isaiah looks forward to the restoration of the kingdom. Uh, under the Messiah, Jeremiah, same, Hosea, the same, Joel, the same, uh, Amos, uh, the same, um, uh, Micah, the same, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, all of these mm-hmm. pre-exilic, Ezekiel, Daniel, certainly, Zechariah, Malachi, certainly, they're all looking towards the restoration of the nation Israel mm-hmm. under this uh, King Messiah. And Israel's, uh, during this, uh, under the reign of the Messiah King, Israel's obedient. Israel, mm-hmm. uh, is faith, faithfully following the mm-hmm. Lord. Well, how do we get there? Well, uh, the reason Israel is judged, the reason they're kicked out of the land is because, uh, they are following other gods. So they need to return to the Lord their God. And we, uh, you know, we, we would say repent, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, change their mind, literally, if mm-hmm. you translate uh, the word into from Greek into English, to, to change one's mind, uh, a meta change, uh, you know, to change one's mind. Uh, we, we'd say repent. Uh, in Deuteronomy 30, it, when they return to the Lord their God, he will restore them fr- from mm-hmm. captivity. They return to the Lord, he will return them to the land. It's mm-hmm. actually the same word in Hebrew. And so it's not a surprise that John the Baptist comes on the scene and says, yeah. uh, repent. Right. Uh, why should we repent? For the kingdom of God is at hand. What does mm-hmm. that mean? There he is. There he is, yeah. the king. Look at him. Right. There he is. There's yeah. the king. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, of course, they don't repent. We know the, the story. Mm-hmm. They don't repent. Uh, but this brings into focus uh, the old covenant and the new covenant. And mm-hmm. I think we uh, we talk about Old Testament, New Testament, as if it's just a list of books, right? right? 
There's 39 Old Testament books and 27 New Testament books. No, no, no. Uh, It's the old covenant that God made Mm -hmm. with Israel. And in the old covenant, because that covenant failed, not because of God failed, Mm -hmm. not because the law was wasn't perfect or pure or, you know, there wasn't mm-hmm. a problem with the law. The problem was with Israel's heart. Right. They they could do it. They just wouldn't do it because they're a stiff-necked, rebellious, rebellious people. people. They're mm-hmm. stiff-necked, hard-hearted, um, stiff-necked. They wouldn't bow the head to the mm-hmm. Lord. They, mm-hmm. they were a proud, stiff-necked, rebellious people. They thought they had righteousness of their own, and, and uh, they reject the Lord mm-hmm. and go follow other gods. And so where the law fails, uh, the Spirit will not fail, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so the promise of the Holy Spirit, the promise uh, of um, you know the, the New Testament ministry, the new covenant, I will make a new covenant mm-hmm. with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant which I made with their fathers, my covenant which they broke mm-hmm. in the day that I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. This is Jeremiah 31, Jeremiah 31, right. verse 31, uh, where, where the Lord is talking about he's going to take Israel and he's going to cause them to walk in his ways. Now, how's he going to do that? Through the Spirit. Spirit. Right. Through the right. ministry of the Spirit, the Lord is going to cause Israel t- to walk in his ways. And, and so you get Ezekiel 36, mm-hmm. Joel chapter 2. Um, I will pour out my Spirit. They, they, we translate in the New Testament, um, you know, like in Acts chapter 2, Peter's quoting this. I will pour out my Spirit on all mankind. That's not what it says. I will right. pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, dream dreams. Mm-hmm. See visions. The context of Joel chapter two, um, chapter three in the Hebrew Bible, but chapter two mm-hmm. uh, starts in twenty-eight. Is that this is the, how Israel is going to be restored, and so the new covenant replaces the old covenant. The new mm-hmm. covenant, uh, the old covenant was with Israel. The new covenant is with Israel. Right mm-hmm. now, um, how does that relate to us? Well, um, the reason why God was dealing with Israel at all was to bring Messiah, right? right? In other words, so we're going down this trail. Um, remember back to Genesis chapter 12, in you, Abram, all the families of the earth will be mm-hmm. blessed. We're still tracking that story. Right. How are the nations blessed? How are the fam- the families of the earth blessed? How do they get mm-hmm. resurrection, eternal life? They have to be uh, made new, given a new heart and a new Born spirit. Again. You have to be Begotten from above, mm-hmm. right? Born from above, uh, and uh, and so, um, you know, Nicodemus. This is right, Jesus' right. whole discussion with Nicodemus right. is an Old Testament discussion. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Nicodemus uh, in John chapter three, he comes up to Jesus. I love this story, right? Mm-hmm. Where, um, the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The light oh. is Jesus. You know, uh, this goes back to the Old Testament. This is Isaiah right. chapter nine. Those who walk in the dark land, a light will shine upon them. I mean, mm-hmm. the Christ is going to come Gal- through the Galilee of the Gentiles. Here's mm-hmm. the Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the whole oh, by the way, he's there in the night, late at night, talking to absolutely, Jesus. He still doesn't get. So, so doesn't there's get this <laughs> light, darkness, darkness light. life, the uh, mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a light coming into the world but gives mm-hmm. gives life to every man mm-hmm. uh, gives light to every man light and life are equated mm-hmm. not only in John they're equated in the Old Testament mm-hmm. right um, and so here is the life the light mm-hmm. that shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot uh, the, the Greek word can be translated one of two ways and it's really interesting uh, one way is uh, the, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness could not uh, comprehend it mm-hmm. right 
well, this is what's happening in chapter three. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Nicodemus, we know you come from God, but what, what are you doing? Yeah. What's up? <laughs> Jesus' response is, <laughs> yeah. you don't understand these things? We'll, we'll come back Israel, to that. Yeah. The other yeah, way yeah. that that, 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 uh, that word can be translated is light shines in the darkness and the darkness could not overcome it. Uh, that death, darkness could not overcome life. And so you, you're going to see an example of this, for example, in, in, uh, John chapter 11. Uh, you know, Great chapter. Dead man, you know, Lazarus, awesome. the dead man. That's one of my favorite stories, and by the, the way. The light proclaims mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. word into the darkness mm-hmm. and uh, life comes forth, right? And mm-hmm. So it's just, yeah. uh, just good. Um, uh, the, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot comprehend it. I, um, later, I call uh, my sheep, they hear, you know, I call them by name, right? Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the book of John, now you've got. Uh, uh, you got the, mm. the ladies there at the uh, resurrection at the tomb. It's dark, mm-hmm. uh, and the light calls. Uh, you know, as it's becoming light, she gets it, and the light calls her by name, mm-hmm. and she. Re- there's she just some, there's so just many stuff, right? Yeah. And so, literarily, but also uh, in the context of this whole Testament story. But back to, to yeah. Nicodemus, and so, um, so, so Jesus. Uh, Says, you know, we know you come from God, but what's going on? Yeah. Uh, and uh, Jesus responds, "If you're not begotten from above, you won't see the kingdom. Right. You won't enter into the right. kingdom." And Nicodemus says, "Huh? Right. <laughs> He's a teacher of Israel. <laughs> yeah. He says, what? <laughs> what? How can you enter into your yeah, mother's, mother's womb, womb again? That right. Make any right. Sense. He says, No, no, no. Uh, you have to be born of spirit." Mm-hmm. Water and spirit. Well, mm-hmm. this is back to, to Ezekiel 36. You have mm-hmm. to be sprinkled with water, made clean, new heart, right. new spirit. In uh, 36, 12, uh, you get this uh, same uh, Greek verb here, ganao, uh, to be begotten or to, mm-hmm. uh, I will cause my people Israel uh, to be begotten again in the land, right? Mm. Uh, in other words, how is Israel begotten again in the land? Well, chapter 36 uh, new heart, new spirit. spirit. Chapter thirty-seven, dry bones, right? Mm-hmm. Resurrection. Right. So, in other words, if you're not raised, if you don't have a new heart and a new spirit, you're not getting you're not a new body. Raised, yeah, you're not getting and you're a new not going to see the kingdom. That's right. right. That's right. Uh, and so, in chapter thirty-seven is, of Ezekiel, uh, this body is raised, the dry mm-hmm. bones stand up. You know, flesh prophesy is added to, them, to the bone. but prophesy to the spirit, mm-hmm. right? You're saying, well, they're they're standing here, but they're still on the line. Prophesy to the spirit. The, the spirit enters mm-hmm. into the dry bones, and they come to life. And so, all of this story is still tracking right along. And so, uh, New Testament, Old Testament, or New Covenant, Old Covenant, is not just a list of books. I think that's what we think it is. Mm-hmm. It is a uh, it's a new covenant with Israel. And the reason why it's a new covenant with Israel is because through Israel, all the nations will we'll be, be blessed, blessed. Right. And yeah. so we're going to see this play yeah. out in the millennial kingdom <clears throat> that, uh, that the nations will be blessed through the nation of Israel under the rule of Messiah. Yeah. I, I think it's good for, cause we have a lot of new believers or new students to the word that are listening. And so, I think some some of those terms, you know, definitely you clarifying old covenant, new covenant, the millennial reign, that needs to be understood because when you get into the kingdom come, revelation, all that, we really that helps us understanding the end. Yep. 
But also, could you speak to this um, discussion? And we'll, I'm sure we'll have it in the New Testament. The, the, and, and people get really touchy with this when we right. talk about the Holy Spirit. Right, right. But under the Old Covenant, the Spirit's work and what He was doing in the Old Testament versus now in the New Testament, we have the role of the Holy Spirit. And I, I think because of, of the context of our culture, mm-hmm. we have made the Holy Spirit do what we desire, I think, in many right. ways. I, I don't think it's, I think some, we just don't know. Right. We just, we're not good students of the word. We don't, we don't know what's happened. We're not Israel. We don't have the history and all that. Could you take just a moment to speak about the difference? Cause I really want our people to understand. Cause here at Champion, we, we, if we get people to know the story, learn the word, who he is, mm-hmm. what he's done, what he's going to do, it's going to help us so much in how we face life, especially when we see in a post Christian world persecution, suffering, because it's not looking like this thing's going to get better. No, it's not. No, so, it's, well, it, wasn't, it wasn't a great deal from the start. No, right? no. And so, uh, you know, and so... When, it's a downhill when, slide when, from the beginning. When the church began, I mean, pretty quickly, <laughs> yeah. the church was... Uh, there was no mm-hmm. church. Uh, there, there was no group of uh, New Covenant believers. Um, this was something that was being formed, mm-hmm. New Covenant. Uh, well, this was uh, group, just need to stop you just for a moment there, because you just you said another... Another term that's confused because people get really upset when you talk about the church versus assembly. Right. Okay. And you're, you're just trying to, and okay, so how do we know this? Where do we see that? Because even when Jesus is talking about the church or, or what we say he's talking about the church, the church didn't exist. Right. So he's using these terms that we take, apply to the church, but it hasn't been formed yet. So I just think this Holy Spirit, assembly, all of that. Yeah, the new Old covenant. Testament. Uh, assembly mm-hmm. has not been formed yet. Mm-hmm. Right. So, right. so yeah. So, so we'll get into a little bit of detail here, but it's important to understand because yeah. it's, it's helpful. Yeah. In the Old Testament, uh, you, you see the, the, the spirit working, uh, in the prophets, mm-hmm. right? Um, the prophets, um, primarily in the prophets and the judges, uh, you know, um, the spirit came upon Saul, the, you know, mm-hmm. he prophesied or the spirit, comes upon uh, Samson mm-hmm. and he delivers of the spirit. So, so the, the spirit empowered specific people in Israel uh, to do specific things for the nation of Israel. Mm-hmm. Most often um, it is um, um, to, uh, to inform the prophets so that they can inform the people, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it was always for the edification of Israel, the building up of Israel. That's really important when you get to the New it Testament. Really, it really is important. Um, uh, and so, um, uh, so what happens then uh, in, uh, so we have the old covenant, hmm. uh, but now the promise of the old covenant, in the old covenant, as we're looking towards the new, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy uh, dream dreams and see visions and all this. Mm-hmm. This is in Joel chapter three or uh, two twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, you're looking forward to this time in uh, Acts chapter two. Peter says, this is what's going mm-hmm. on. Right. What was foretold is what is, what is, what is happening. Right. Uh, and so uh, the spirit uh, of, of the Lord is poured out on his body. The body is, this group of believers, uh, the Spirit's ministry was for the building up of the body, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so, I think that we've turned uh, the ministry of the Spirit in the church into 
something probably closer to the Force in Star Wars mm-hmm. than something mm-hmm. that's actually right. <laughs> actually in the Bible. But we hear it all the time, right? right. Uh, God told me that you know mm-hmm. it's, it's it's all over the place, right? And right. and so there's all kinds of instruction on how you evaluate, uh, even in the New Testament, how do you evaluate uh, whether something is of the Lord or not? I I, I really uh, like uh, the Bereans. You know, you've got the Apostle Paul there teaching mm-hmm. the Jews. And the Bereans, uh, they were more noble-minded than the other Jews, and they were they were looking at these mm-hmm. things to see if they were true. In other words, they were going back to the Scriptures to see if Paul, what he was saying, actually aligned uh, with uh, with the Old Testament mm-hmm. Scriptures. Uh, and so uh, the Spirit, uh, the ministry of the Spirit, uh, is uh, does several things. It seals, uh, it baptizes the believer into the body, right? right. You have been baptized into... Uh, one body through one spirit, right? Mm-hmm. So, so through faith, uh, each of us are baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ, right? So now we are part; we are a mm-hmm. member of the body. Uh, one of the the um, misconception, I think, maybe the biggest misconception, um, uh, misconception, misunderstanding. That's probably yeah. better. Is that is that some as apostles, some as prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists for the building of the body, for works of service, to we all attain mm-hmm. the unity of the faith. Mm-hmm. And so not all are apostles, are they? No, not all are are, 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 are prophets, or not all are teachers, or not all mm-hmm. have certain gifts. And so, uh, so through the gifting of the Spirit for the building up of the body, mm-hmm. uh, we are all in this together, mm-hmm. right? So the Spirit convicts of sin. The Spirit convinces that Jesus... Is the Christ the Spirit uh, seals the believer uh, uh, for resurrection, a down right. payment, a promise right. for resurrection? It convicts uh, of sin, um, but it's not the force. It's not the the Star mm-hmm. Wars force, right? And it's you know it's not uh, you know you pray to the Lord to do something and He you know kind of mystically guides mm-hmm. you along like a Ouija board or something. Yeah, uh, and I think that's what we've turned it into. Uh, so there's very specific ministries that are foretold that the Spirit uh, will do and is doing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we say that the Lord isn't doing something that He is, that's error. If we say that the Lord is doing something that, that He's not, that's also the same mm-hmm. error, right? Both of those were punishable by mm-hmm. by death in the Old Testament, made you a false prophet. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what was going on in the Old Testament uh, through the individual prophets. Now in the New Testament, you've got this uh, word revealed to the apostles and prophets. And now through the ministry of the Spirit, um, we are convicted of our sin and convinced that Jesus is the Christ. The, the law failed to do mm-hmm. what the Spirit does. Does yeah. And so that's that's mm-hmm. a big one. That's yeah. a really big one. Yeah, and I think we've just we've just so confused. We've we've tried to read ourselves into it so much. We've tried to. You know, just understand pieces of the story, and it just doesn't make sense. And I think people have been able to use those or that approach uh, to really cause people to miss and understand. And all of this, I think, I don't think God has changed His command to love God and love others. No, and you cannot do that without the Spirit. Our no, flesh right. doesn't want. And ultimately, and I think this is another part of this. We, uh, as, as believers, we, it's almost like we crave this supernatural, mystical experience that we forget the greatest miracle we could be a part of is salvation. And in the body of Christ. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so yes. the implications of this are gigantic, right? That, mm. that, um, if, 
we realize that we are in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, we uh, we have we've we've emphasized individual um, faith mm-hmm. and <clears throat> to the exclusion, right? I would say before the Reformation, uh, there was an emphasis on um, how are you in the church, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. and the problem was the priests thought that they controlled who was in the church. Yeah. In other words, who was in the body of Christ. Uh, the priest doesn't control who's in the body of Christ. Uh, the individual believes, and therefore they're baptized by the Spirit into, into one body. body through faith. Mm-hmm. They don't get to control that. Um, and so the emphasis became on the individual mm-hmm. uh, and the individual faith um, through a myriad of reasons in, in church history. Uh, this this individualism has been emphasized at the exclusion of the body. So, for example, we say, I have a personal relationship with Jesus, right? And we hear this all the time. I have a personal relationship with Jesus. Okay, talk to me about that. Well, it's it's you know I talk with him, or I, yeah, I, you know he's just kind of this mm-hmm. nebulous thing. All this, it's a really short trip and a short discussion. Uh, is there anything tangible to that? You say, what well, have you ever seen Jesus? Well, no. Have you ever? Touched him. You ever felt those mm-hmm. holes in his hands or in mm-hmm. his side, right. like doubting his Thomas did? Mm-hmm. No, no. Um, well, um, have you ever heard his voice? They say, "Oh yeah, I've heard his mm-hmm. voice." Okay, well, how do you know? Right, right. <laughs> uh, that's what the apostles have that we don't have. We haven't right. seen him. We never. We hadn't heard his voice. Our yeah, hands beginning of First John. Right, First John. First John. What, the, what mm-hmm. we're doing now. Mm-hmm. What we saw. What our hands handle concerning the Word of Life, concerning Christ. We, we proclaim sure to do. you, mm-hmm. so that you may have fellowship with us, mm-hmm. as our fellowship is with the Father, and with His Son. The only ten, the, the 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 only tangible relationship. See, touch, concrete. feel, talk, concrete. Mm-hmm. Not uh, abstract. relationship that we have with Christ is with His body, mm-hmm. right? And to say we know Christ, uh, we know the head through faith, mm-hmm. even though we don't see Him. But our relationship with Christ is with His body, and we mm-hmm. we miss that because we made it so individual, mm-hmm. and we think it's just me and Jesus. No, it's like saying uh, uh, the head and the toe. <laughs> right at the exclusion so of everything the else. rest of the body, right? Yeah. Just heart, lungs, and yeah, everything. Yeah, you you look, you'd be Which really I, I know we're kind of going down, to, uh, chasing a rabbit here, but I, to to fully understand the awesome thing work that God has done through His Son, it's uh, we we have to understand these terms. We have to understand the old covenant versus the new, and what God has brought to us. Mm-hmm. And all of it a gift. And I think, you know, Peter even speaking to the, the body, you know, you weren't there, you haven't seen him, yet you love him. Right. And so through faith. And right. that, that, that's an incredible thing that we could, that under the new covenant, believers would give their lives. Their faith would be such that mm-hmm. they would die for this Savior that they've never seen that's or right. touched. That's, that's an amazing work of faith. Yes, so, it is. Uh, just a, one of the things, because I think we're probably getting close to our time today, but on the the, the term assembly, because we, we talk about, you know, uh, local church, little C, big C. When you talk about the body of Christ, you're talking the whole church, the whole body. Yeah. And, but yet there is this involvement at the local level. 
that we're to engage in relationship. Uh, but the assembly, and I think some people get a little touchy about the, the mm-hmm. term assembly because God has always been working with his people. Yes, yes. Yeah, see if so, we can do this quickly. Yeah, so, I, and yeah so, just so, briefly. Um, so the word that we translate as church, mm-hmm. which isn't translated in the Old Testament as, mm-hmm. as church, but it's the same words both in Greek and in Hebrew that are used in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, the word is ekklesia. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, ecclesia in the Greek Septuagint, which is the translation of the Hebrew mm-hmm. Bible, mm-hmm. shows up throughout the Old Testament. Uh, it is the nation of Israel, uh, their the assembly, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this assembly, it's either uh, translated uh, ecclesia, uh, the, the Greek word is either assembly or synagogue, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you see synagogue throughout the, the whole New Testament. Both of those Greek words go back to one Hebrew word, which is kohel. Kohel means uh, assembly, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so even back in Genesis chapter 35, so several times in Genesis, um, uh, the Lord says to Jacob, for example, I, I will make you a Kohel Goyim, a, an assembly of nations. Whoa. Mm-hmm. If you translated Kohel uh, uh, assembly, if you translated that Kohel, if you translated it, you know, in the Septuagint, it's translated synagogue because the, the writer, the translators in Genesis translated Kohel as synagogue. In uh, Deuteronomy, for example, they translated Kohel as ecclesia, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's just, you know, how did the, uh, the, the, the translator translate the word? Uh, but I will make you a church of nations. That'd be a very suitable, yeah, suitable mm-hmm. translation okay. for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so <clears throat> in the Old Testament, this was always the plan that God would assemble. Uh, the nations, every mm-hmm. every tongue, every uh, tribe, every nation, every people to serve him. This mm-hmm. is what it was going. Now, in the Old Testament, uh, a Gentile to come into the assembly had to be circumcised and keep the law. This is why in Acts chapter 15, for example, the Pharisees are teaching this. Uh, right. uh, you have to be circumcised and keep the mm-hmm. law. Gentiles have to become Jews. Um, but now in the New Testament... Because uh, because the synagogue, Israel had become the synagogue of Satan, and they had rejected their Christ. Christ says, I will build my synagogue, my church, my ecclesia, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. This goes all the way back to the Old mm-hmm. Testament, that, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, that uh, he will rule the gates of his enemies, that type of thing, mm-hmm. those who hate him. Yeah. See the woman, see the serpent, tracking Same all battle. the way through here. Mm-hmm. But what's different in the New Testament mm-hmm. is now you have a new covenant assembly, yeah, a New uh, Testament church right. that is indwelled by the Spirit. Uh, the Spirit indwells the body of Christ, who is the yeah. head, who indwells the bride, the temple. Right. Well, let's let's wrap it up for today because uh, we want to jump into our, our next you know, discussion on the New Testament because I'm getting excited just talking about the coming king. Absolutely. And, I just, Absolutely. From, and, and where the Old Testament speaks to this king. And who he is, and I think in our American theology and and uh, the church today, we have so elevated the individual about how this king loves us. And I get really excited when when I get to read God's word and I see the love that the Father has for the Son, yep. and then the love that He has for those who are with His Son, mm-hmm. the marriage, Absolutely. the bride and groom, and that that just grabs hold of me. So. I want to thank you, David, for today, and uh, I just want to encourage everyone to just stay hooked up with us because this this story, it's picked up speed, and I know we're going to get back to details, 
But we need this overview and this discussion so everyone can understand. So thank you, everyone, for today. Thanks for listening to Teach Me the Bible podcast. For more information, download our app. If you have any questions or desire to continue our discussion from today's topic, send an email to teachmethebible at championfellowship.org. Remember, your belief drives your behavior. See you next time.